What's up? Hey. Welcome back to the Blues Library Podcast. I'm Ashley, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Lexi. Hello. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I, say, I realize that that second hello, I say different every single time. Yes, you do. <laughs> so I've now got to just keep it up. Find new ways to say it. <laughs> just start speaking different languages. <laughs> Hola. I almost said danke. That's thank you. <laughs> Anyway, I'll say that one next week. <laughs> Instead of hello, it's thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. okay. Thanks for being here. Little <laughs> squeak. What book are we doing this week, Lexi? <laughs> we are talking about Crazy Stupid Bromance by Lissa K. Adams. It is book three in the Bromance Book Club series. Spoiler and trigger warnings. I mean, spoiler warnings, we're going to ruin this book. But if I, I hope that if you're listening to this one, you've already read up to this point. Yeah. Um, I believe you could potentially read all of them as standalones. You might get a little confused because there is some crossover with the characters. But um, you don't have to read them exactly in order, I guess, if you don't want to. I mean, do you really have to read any series in order if you don't want to? That's disturbing. <laughs> I mean, Mads did it. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine so, reading fucking Throne of Glass out of order? <laughs> You'd be so fucking confused. Oh, so yeah. So this is a new series for both of us. This is our new series. Um, series, obviously. Um, so we haven't finished the series. So, I mean, no serious spoilers. But again, each one's kind of a standalone. So Yay. I don't know how we could have a series spoiler. But <laughs> moving on. So we've got... The trigger warnings, there is slut shaming, sexual assault, sexual harassment mentioned, hospitalization for kidney transplant surgery, terminal illness, grief and loss depiction, deception is what I almost said, (laughs) grief grief and loss depiction, and then death of a parent. So let's hit the synopsis. It's a little long and I apologize. (laughs) It's it's def- it's not the longest that we've had though. So no, <laughs> from blood and ash. Oh no, that wait, that's next fun. week or that's a different week. Anyway, yeah, when you either, get there, either, you know what though. Either way, that's gonna be a shit show to edit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the aftermath of Alexis going public about Royce's sexual harassment and assault. Alexis's cafe, Toe Beans, which is fucking adorable, <laughs> has become a kind of safe haven for women who've experienced something similar to Alexis. When Alexis meets a girl that seems really shy, she thinks that she's another survivor, but when she speaks with her, the girl, her name's Candy, tells her that she's her half-sister and that their dad is dying and needs a kidney transplant. Really quick insert. I just want to say now that I'm listening to it, my brother's dogs are staying with us. So we now, instead of having two dogs, have four dogs in the house. So I'm really sorry for the barking. Uh, there's no way to control her. She's a German Shepherd. She does what the fuck she wants. So Alexis needs time to think about this. So she goes to bounce ideas off of Noah, her best friend, that she's also madly in love with. And he's also in love with her, but they're both scared to take it farther because they don't want to jeopardize their friendship. Noah owns a cybersecurity business that he got into after his rebellious hacking phase in his youth after his dad died while serving overseas. Um, when Alexis brings up donating her kidney to her dad, Noah and her get into a small argument about how Alexis can't save everyone, but eventually Alexis decides that she's going to do it. 
Noah's family is having dinner, so they go over there and Alexis talks to his sister and mom about the process of donating a kidney. This is also where we meet Marsh. I fucking hate him. Anyway, when they get home, they try to put Beefcake, Alexis's cat, in a harness to figure out if he'll go in it to go on walks because he's a fat cat. And he ends up clawing Noah's chest. Alexis helps him clean it. And they're both mad turned on by each other. <laughs> so Mac gave Noah the book for their book club and he decides to start reading it, but he gets mad when he realizes it's about a guy that didn't know that he had a daughter because the situation is similar to Alexis's situation. Alexis goes to meet with Candy to tell her her decision and she brings Noah for support. Alexis goes to the transplant center to begin the process of seeing if she's a match. While And while she's in that city at the transplant center, Candy convinces her to meet the rest of the family. It does not go well. Nobody Ooh. knew about her except for her dad and Candy, and her dad was denying everything. Alexis gets mad because he's talking badly about her mom, and her mom died a few years ago of cancer, and she ends up leaving and driving to Noah's house. When she gets there, she talks to Noah about her mom. They have a moment where Alexis kisses Noah, things start to get heated. Um, Noah shuts her down because he doesn't want to ruin everything and she's emotional right now. So she leaves. The next day, she doesn't look great because she was crying all night and Elliot, her father, comes to talk to her at Tobin's. Elliot tells her about the summer that her mom left, or that summer with her mom and why he ended up leaving. Alexis asks him why he didn't reach out after he found out about her three years ago. And Noah interrupts saying that he didn't need a kidney three years ago. Alexis still decides to help him, Elliot, and she tells Noah that she's sorry that she kissed him and that it was a mistake. Noah is trying to tell her that he didn't want her to make a decision that she regretted, and she says that she's glad he stopped them. Alexis tells Noah that she needs space, so they spend the rest of the week not talking to each other. Dude, did you just hear that, Lexi? She's gone. Okay. <laughs> uh, Noah is mad. So he goes to get mad at Max since he thinks it's Max's fault that everything went wrong. And they figure out that his rejecting Alexis was hurtful for her because she had just re been rejected by her dad that same day. Alexis and Noah had a horrible week. And when Alexis... Oh my god. Can you guys hear this, Alexa? I'm so sorry. Alexa, stop. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> they have a horrible week and Alexis finally talks to Liv about it. Liv helps her figure out how to get Noah back romantically during their bachelor bachelorette weekend because Liv and Mac are getting married. Um, Liv steals Noah's shoes so that he can't leave his room and Alexis goes to see or So Alexis can go to his room and see him and apologize. But Noah shows up at her room without his shoes to apologize and explain for when she kissed him. Um... They kiss and smash, and they decide to go home. They also decide to date. Um, Noah spends the night at her house. Alexis hears from the hospital that she's a genetic match for the transplant, so she has to make sure that she's healthy enough for the surgery. Alexis also gets a letter saying that Karen, a lady who owns the antiques business near Tobin's, is going to the city council about Alexis breaking city ordinances by using all of the parking for her survivor yoga classes and other things that it's not supposed to be used for. When Alexis goes for her health checkup, Noah and Alexis decide to have lunch with Elliot's family. Caden, Elliot's son slash Alexis's half-brother slash Candy's brother, asks Noah what he does for a living. 
and why. So Noah tells them that he was a hacker when he was younger, but he got caught and has been on the straight and narrow ever since. Um, with two days until the surgery, information comes out about Elliot's company that the officials in the company knew about the faulty equipment before it was sent to be used overseas, but they didn't care. And then those officials lied to the Senate during their testimonies. Caden confronts Alexis and blames Noah. So Alexis confronts Noah and Noah's upset that she thought for even a second that he would do that. They argue, Fair. yeah, they argue about Alexis picking her battles at slash walking away from them. And Alexis says she needs space. Noah goes to his mom's house where, and Marsh is there and they get into a huge argument. Marsh ends up punching Noah. Elliot's family is all blaming Noah and Caden is being a huge fucking asshole. But Elliot says that he's the one that leaked the documents and he didn't want to go into the surgery with that on his conscience. Alexis has a breakthrough moment for herself where she figures out that all of this could have been avoided if Elliot had just told the truth. So she leaves. But Candy asks if she's still going to give her kidney. And Alexis says, is that all you care about? My kidney? And then tells him to go to hell. Alexis shows up at the town meeting thing to defend herself and her decisions. And it goes well. She then goes to visit her mother's grave where she is joined by Elliot. And they have a really sweet heart to heart. Alexis decides to go through with the surgery. Noah finally tells the book club that he feels like his dad lied to him in his If I Die letter, and he figures out that he didn't become a hacker to defend his dad. He did it because he was mad at his dad. Noah's mom comes to tell them that Alexis is going through with the surgery, and it's grand gesture time! They make it to the hospital, but they're too late to see her before the surgery, so they wait, and the surgery goes well. Noah also shaves his beard and cuts his hair, because there was a moment at the beginning where like something was said about him being too pretty if he did that. Anyway, Noah and Alexis make up and live happily ever after the end. Yay. All right, Lexi, what did you do with your makeup look? Beefcake. <laughs> That's all you're going to say? <laughs> Drew a fat cat, an actual animal cat, <laughs> with the tail going into the winged liner. It looks beautiful. What did you do? So out of one eye, I did a cat. And I did it so that the tail is like going up and becoming my eyebrow. Um, my eyebrow looks like shit though, so don't judge. Um, and then on my other eye, I did like a brown base and silver winged liner that goes out pretty far. And then off of that winged liner, I use like the silver as an IV pole. And then I have an IV bag and a little kidney coming off of it. Both look fucking amazing. I only like the IV one. <laughs> Dude, I loved both of them. They were both so good. I was surprised the cat's head turned out as well as it did. Not gonna lie. It was just cute all around. All right, let's hit these discussion questions. What did you think about the kidney donation? And did your thoughts on it change as the book progressed? Like, how did you feel about how she decided to do it? And did you like that she decided to do it? All of that. So I had very similar feelings to Noah, um, but then it got to a point where when she went in for the first test and the um, donation lady, whatever the fuck her name was and whatever her position was, the counselor or whatever, mm -hmm. was like, I want to make sure you don't feel emotionally coerced into this. Yeah. Nothing about what happened, because let's be completely honest. Let's say Alexis randomly or she's not a family member to this person. 
She's not just going to go randomly give a kidney. Yeah. So to me, it felt like she was emotionally coerced into it. I agree. It really upset me. I was not happy about it. I mean, I understood like towards the end when it was like a okay, you know, she she had the conversation with Elliot and they kind of talked and then he was even like, I'm not going to take your kidney like this because I want you to know that I want to be here because I want to, not because you gave me a kidney. Yeah. That I liked, but I wasn't very happy with it because it honestly seemed like up until he talked to Noah at that um, the hotel bar at the very end. Yeah. It didn't seem like he cared about anything but the kidney and that just, oh, I agree. Um, I had a hard time at the beginning because it very much felt like Alexis was like, no, like, this is my family and I have a chance to help somebody, so I, I'm going to. Right. And, like, as somebody who's, like, has problems saying no to, like, helping other people and stuff, I totally uh-huh. understood that. And then I was like, but it's your motherfucking kidney. Like. I mean, you only need one to survive, but, I mean, I get what you're saying still. It's still, like, come on. Yeah. Um, but then, like, I liked it more after she said, like, she asked them, she's like, you only care about my fucking kidney and y'all yep. can go to hell. Like, fuck you. And after yep. that, I felt like she was doing it more for her instead of for the, th- yeah. like, the thought of having a family. Totally agree. What were your thoughts on Alexis's character and did it change throughout the book? I liked Alexis a lot. I liked her. Um... I liked that she started as a pushover and more, like, lenient, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. while also showing strength in different areas, like her conversation with Karen at the beginning. Um, Yeah. But I I also liked that she learned to show strength in the areas that she wasn't before, and I really liked that. Yeah. What about you? So I struggled (laughs) with Alexis. And I was so frustrated and I was so worried I was going to end up hating her by the end of the book because it wasn't till closer to the end that I started liking her, like really loving her. Because it's like, I can't hate somebody with the same name as me. That's just not, it's not okay. (laughs) It's not okay. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. So, and a lot of this has to do with, there's two, there's two reasons. Okay. One, I very much was, and I still am sometimes a very big pushover I have a harder time saying no even like I will do like what Noah was saying Alexis will do I will give up my health my sanity anything that betters me for somebody else yeah I'm the same way so for me it was really hard knowing like because now I'm out like I've worked on that a bit I mean I still struggle with it but since I worked on it a bit and everything it it it's I struggle with it but then secondarily I felt like she had there was a big blowout in the last book between her and Liv. Then the same exact thing, just a different situation, occurs in this book between her and Noah. And for me, I was like most people, like let's be completely honest, this this particular situation that happened with Liv and Alexis, you would have learned the lesson. Yeah. So for me, it was really hard because I was like, she's not learning anything. And then it like because there was at the beginning something or like with the kiss, she didn't want to have a grown up conversation about it. Then later on, it was like, well, I need space. I don't want to talk about it, which I understand needing space. Don't get me wrong. But just ignoring the fucking problem does not fix anything. And that's what really got me because I was like, okay, you didn't learn the lesson with Liv. You didn't learn it the first time with Noah. And now you're still going to continue to not fucking talk. 
Yeah, the second time when she was like, I need space. I was like, didn't you just need space like two weeks ago? Yeah. So like I felt like in, an, in a lot of ways towards like at the beginning, like I, I didn't hate her character. So like earlier when I was saying I can't hate somebody with the same name as me, that was a little dramatic. I didn't hate her. I just found her very hard to like in the beginning because I was like, you're just you're so childish. Like you're 30 fucking one years old. Act like it. Yeah. She acted like a fucking teenager, and it pissed me off. But to obviously, towards the end, I loved her. And there were times where I did love her, and, like, I was like, okay, you know, she is going through a lot, so I needed to remember that, but I was still, like, I still struggled, but I didn't hate her. So there, that's where we're at. I will say, I do think the reason that I liked Alexis more in the beginning is because I related a lot to the passing of her mother mm -hmm. and her feelings about that. So I think that's why I kind of, like, started liking her immediately. Yeah, because um, you have you have an aspect to relate to her in a way that I don't. Yeah. So for me, it's it's gonna be something where I just I don't understand it because I've never been through that. Mm hmm. Um. What were your thoughts on Noah, and did those change through the book? Well, in the last book, I fucking loved him. But <laughs> NSA guy. Um. Yeah, I fucking <laughs> love it. Um. I struggled a little bit with him. Um, but not as much. I, I don't know the way I'm trying to like, there were, there were some issues that I did have with him, but at the same time, like Noah really is just a good guy. Yeah. There wasn't, I don't think I remember anything in there that I was like, absolutely like completely irritated with him for. I feel like there were, there was a point where I was, there were a couple of points where I was upset and one of them was. I, I don't want to say upset. I guess upset is the wrong word. But when he was arguing with Alexis and trying to help her see that she is not. Like, she's hurting herself to help others. I feel like he went about that in a really rough way. But I like that he was trying to have the conversation. Like, I feel like he didn't handle it the best way. But I liked that he wanted this conversation yeah. to be had. And that he felt like she needed to hear it. Because she did. Um... And then his relationship with Marsh, I felt it was interesting because, I mean, in my brain, I feel like men have an easier time setting boundaries. And maybe that's just me, like, my fucked up brain. But I liked that he did have a hard time setting those boundaries with Marsh. And that it's a problem that everybody can have no matter what age and with anybody. Like, it doesn't have to be your parents. It doesn't have to be a significant other or friends. It can be, like somebody that stepped in as a father figure that you didn't feel you needed yeah i agree i so going back to like your first point with like the fight with alexis i think mm -hmm. at the end of the day when emotions are high like that everybody makes mistakes but i think it's the fact that he wasn't necessarily like while well, he didn't go about it in the right way he wasn't like doing it in a way that was meant to like specifically hurt her or doing it like maliciously like oh well yeah you know like attacking her in a sense and yes. so that's where like even with that i wasn't i can't say that i was truly annoyed with him because i'll be completely honest with you I was at a point with Alexis where with certain things, I I felt a very similar way because like I said earlier, you're 31 years old, act like it. Yeah, I think the reason that I, I didn't like that part very much is because there are some things that somebody has to come to grips with on their own and no amount of talking and forcing and all of that is going to help. 
And so I felt like that was the point that that was at. And so that's like, it kind of annoyed me. Yeah. Okay. What did you think about Marsh? I fucking, I hated Marsh so much. Like, yeah. I felt like he was the epitome of toxic masculinity. Like in the last book we had Hop and Hop was like toxic masculinity that is willing to learn and change along with the world that is changing. Mm -hmm. But I felt like Marsh was the opposite where it was toxic masculinity that you will never change my mind about what makes a man and what makes a woman and what makes anybody. Yeah. See, and here's where maybe I just am different with this whole thing. Whereas I don't want to say that it doesn't bug me or doesn't bother me because it's like, really, you dumb fuck. Toxic masculinity, though, it doesn't affect me as much as I feel like it affects other people because I'm like, all right, well, you just look like a fucking idiot. Bye. And I move on. So for me, it was just kind of like any time Marsh was up, I was like, roll of, the, or roll of the eyes, moving on, like, let's get through this. And then once it was done, it was like, well, he looked like a fucking idiot. And I just kind of moved on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know I did not like him. No, I agree. And I just like I felt like, well, yes, he was in love with Noah's mom and he did treat her better. He was still disrespectful in a sense of like especially like when the fight between Noah and Marsh happened I was like yeah. don't fucking coddle him or whatever like like let's let's be fair a lot of parents do coddle their kids it is just an, a thing when you're a parent especially if it's like their your first child or whatever it is right mm-hmm. it just happens but it was still like for me what irritated me was that I was like he's not your fucking kid you yeah. don't get to dictate how his mom treats him. Yeah, I agree. Like, I was like, you are, no. Like, it's if, not your place. Like, if anything, Marsh is the one that's disrespecting Noah's father's um, legacy, honestly. Well, and he's disrespecting Noah's mom, too. Yeah. Like, I'm a better parent than you because you don't have kids, bro. Yeah. Nobody is a better parent than anybody. And you, every kid is so unique that there is no way to parent two people the same. And this is where I got, I had a really hard time where I was talking about Marsh and Noah's dad being like best friends and whatever. And I made a promise to your dad. Okay. If Noah's dad was really your best friend, there's no way in fuck you would be treating his kids and his wife like this because you know for damn sure what we know about Noah's dad, he would have not fucking treated them like this at all. I agree. All right, I'm getting I'm getting amped up. Let's okay. <laughs> move on before I. Well, now we're like going to talk about run. another asshole. <laughs> <laughs> what were your thoughts on Caden and Candy? Okay, so Caden, I kind of, I kind of feel for him in a sense, right? So Candy didn't tell anybody; she just brought Alexis in, and then all of a sudden, Alexis or Alexis is like well, what the fuck? And then just spills it out in a way that really shouldn't, it shouldn't have come out that way at all. And I will believe that till the day I died. Like there was no reason, especially because the way that it came out was almost like, it was like, she knew that it was gonna, like she wanted it to hurt Elliot, but with within doing that, she didn't realize how much she hurt somebody that she doesn't fucking know, which was yeah. Lauren. So mm-hmm. I understood like, You know, he's, he, like, in the way I saw it was it almost was, like, he wanted to protect his mom, right? And his family. 
And so for me, I didn't see it as like a like obviously the, there was no need for him to be acting the way he was, but I didn't see it as like a this is for no reason. It was like a him doing it out of fear to try and, and protect his family, protect his mom and everything like that. So while yes, I was like I was not happy with Caden, I didn't hate him for it. Like I do wish he went about it in a very different way. Mm-hmm. But at the time as well, I'm like everybody, and this is the this is the part nobody wants to own up to the fact that when emotions are that high and something that emotional comes up, you're going to react based off of your emotions. Your emotions will mm-hmm. carry you through. So he was upset, angry, and he let that anger sit there and fester, and he reacted out of anger instead of taking the time to fully take it in and think about it. So while I wish he went about it a different way, I didn't hate him for it. Candy, I went back and forth with her. I hated her. I kind of was okay with her. I hated her. And then towards the end, I was kind of like, okay, I understand she's not my favorite person, but I don't hate her. I agree. So as far as Caden, I did not like him just in how he reacted. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I understood his reaction because he found out in a really shitty way. And I definitely agree that it should have happened a different way. You had three years that you knew about your child and you didn't tell your wife. Fuck you. Like, that's not okay. There should not be that kind of secret in a relationship. Okay. I did not like that. And that made me hate El- hate Elliot. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then I felt like... Caden wanted so bad for Alexis to be the bad guy because he was mad at his dad, but he couldn't be mad at his dad because his dad was dying. Yeah. So he got mad at Alexis Mm -hmm. and he took it out on her. And I don't, I don't like that. And I understand it because unfortunately I feel the same thing, but I did not like, it's something that I don't like, like don't, blame innocent people and people that were innocent in what happened for what happened for candy like at the beginning i was like so like because she brought up the kidney tracement real quick and i Uh was like real sus like i was like so you don't care about her you've known about her for three years and now you only care because of the kidney and so that was kind of the team like the camp that i was in was they don't care about her they care about her kidney so yeah as it went on and like that was further shown to me i think by her inviting her over knowing that it was going to end up badly yep um that they didn't care about alexis they cared about her kidney yep so moving forward in the book i think after they kind of have the discussion about how they've never had a sister before in candy's place in her family i started to like be more open to the thought of her being good but i'm still not quite there so with i and this is just gonna kind of put something into perspective so with my dad my dad's like trust but verify so like trust that somebody's telling you the truth but then do the work to make sure that what they're saying is actually true so it's kind of the same thing where it's like okay be open to the fact that she is willing to give this relationship an honest true like effort at being sisters and not being something like oh i just care about the kidney and i don't want to talk to you anymore but be Mm -hmm. closed off enough that she can't hurt you like that yeah until you know for sure yeah 
So that's kind of like, like that. that's kind of where I was at as I was just sitting there like, uh, still a little sus. <laughs> and Katie, yeah. kind of like what you were saying, like, yeah, he wanted somebody to blame. I, I don't know. I had a hard time because when somebody's so emotional and so upset, it's so hard to regulate your emotions and react based off of logic that I couldn't necessarily hate him for it. Yeah. And like, I feel like that's true to an extent, but I feel like when he seeks out Alexis after finding out all of this information that was leaked, when he seeks her out with the intention of blaming her and her boyfriend, I feel like that is not like that's doing that maliciously like it's not reacting like you did that on purpose to get a negative reaction see and here's my thing for for a second i did think oh fuck maybe noah because at the point that we were at in the book we were so happy and i was like oh this is the thing that's gonna cause a fucking issue is i thought for sure i was like he did it he had the skill set yeah. And so I was confused. So I could understand, especially with the fact that Noah was so openly like against her father mm -hmm. that I could understand where, you know, Caden was like, no, like, we'll find another fucking kidney. Leave us the fuck alone. You guys did this. I could understand that. However, I do think he was very overdramatic in a lot of it. But I mean, what can you do? People are going to react however they're going to react. You can't control them, unfortunately. Yeah. What did you think about how grief was displayed through this book? I loved it, quite honestly. Um, I think it was an awesome depiction. I liked how it was displayed because even though these are not new deaths, like mm -hmm. these deaths didn't happen like within the last six months or whatever, I feel like it was an, like it did an awesome job of showing the different ways that grief does not end yeah there is no end for grief and as so, like this is something that i'm going through so i related to it a lot in the different emotional aspects that they are in yeah what about you i i don't think i've experienced grief to the level that it was depicted in this book like obviously mm -hmm. with grandma and grandpa and even with your dad it was a big loss very important people in my life. But I can't say that I relate to that level or even relate to a level that you would relate to, to mm -hmm. where I feel like I don't think I could give a true, honest opinion of like, oh, yes, this was good because I, I don't know for sure, you know? Yeah. And I don't want to be like pretending to understand something that I don't, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Favorite quotes. Oh, I... Almost anything that came out of the Russian's mouth. Dude, he was so funny. Okay, hold on. Do you think the Russian has a wife? Yeah. Do you? Okay, hold on. No, that's the next question. I, the whole time, I was, he was pulling my leg the whole time. I was on Connor's side. Like, I was like, this man does not have a wife. Like, something is going on. Can I tell you the reason why? No, because I'm pretty sure I know what the reason why is. And that's the next question. So we're doing this first. <laughs> Okay, this isn't a quote, but I was I had a very big moment of confusion for a second. So chapter one, right off the bat, I was extremely confused. And it's Noah talking about like on the um, doing their like wedding, whatever in um, Max 
club or dance club. And I read it and I was really confused. I was like, country and Western dance club? What? For some reason, my brain was in like the salacious whatever series, <laughs> salacious club. I was so fucking confused for a moment. I was like, when, what? So I had put a quote in here. Just listen. I put a, like I put, um, I quote or put a note in here. I was like, was confused until I remembered it wasn't salacious. And then I was like, LOL, I will decline any further questions. <laughs> <laughs> I was so lost. <laughs> and then here's the thing. Okay. Here's the other thing. Obviously I love the Russian when, Noah's like, I'm not fucking dancing. And we dance for Mac, said Vlad. We dance for Mac. Anytime the Russian like, speaks, mm. honestly. I love his broken English. Like, I love it so much. And that, like, nobody's mm -hmm. an asshole about it. Oh, my fave. This quote, this one is from Elliot. Um, I liked it, but I also had a few problems with this one, but I did like it. So as people screw up a lot, the key to a lasting relationship is the ability to forgive over and over again. And I agree to a certain extent, but I also think it depends on how much the same mistake is being made. Mm -hmm. So if it's like, and this one made it sound almost like the same mistake, because let's be honest, they were making the same mistakes throughout the this book together you know yeah i'll give you that and so for me i was kind of like uh, i like i loved it but i was like in the context that it was in within this book i was like i kind of disagree but i do like that quote so the first one i have um the tough guys always have the softest hearts i thought that was a cute one mm -hmm. the next one that i have is they're trying to convince noah to join the book club basically and noah's like what is the point of all of this? And Max says, the point is to break the fucking cycle. Women aren't rehab centers for emotionally stunted man babies who think the key to a serious relationship is to just wait for the right woman to come along. You have to be ready to be uncomfortable, to stretch yourself, to be vulnerable. And then Noah's like, you should write greeting cards. That was good. Like being like kind of sarcastic. Malcolm says, you're resorting to sarcasm because you're uncomfortable with a man expressing himself so openly. We get it. One of the most insidious ways that toxic masculinity destroys men is that it strips us of the ability to express our emotions and to connect not just with women, but with other men because real men don't do that. Right. I loved that because it's so powerful coming from a man that like emotions are not a bad thing. And it is a really hard thing to understand, especially when we grow up in the kind of society that we did and that we are in that masculinity is very much tied to a lack of emotion. And so I really liked that it's saying like, the point is to break this fucking cycle that you need, like that you're not allowed to show emotion. And also that it's not a woman's job to fix you. Okay. I like this one. There's no more universal story than of two people working through their shit to overcome huge obstacles and find their ways to happiness. But every journey is different. Every obstacle unique. And it's in that unique journey that we find lessons for our own lives. That's a good one. Okay. This one is going to make me cry. I was talking to my sister after I read this section and I read it to her and we both were crying. So fair warning. So it says memories are unfair, you know? They don't tell us until it's too late that this one, this detail, is the thing that you need to hang on to. Why do we remember the weird little stuff but not the big things? Noah shook his head. I don't know. My mom, she told me once that the hardest part about being a parent is that you never know when it's going to be the last time you do something for your child. 
the last time you'll wash their hair, fix their lunch for school, help them tie their shoes. It's true as a child, too, though, when you watch your parent die. No one is telling you this, warning you, that you need to hang on to every detail because it could be the last time you go to a movie together or go shopping together. I remember our last Christmas together, but not what she said when she opened my presents from her or to her. Why can't I remember those things? I want to remember so Bradley. I learned to pretend when she was sick that it wasn't really happening, you know, that if I went on with life, just acted like it was normal, that she wasn't dying, then maybe she wouldn't. But then she just got worse and worse, and this day came, and I knew it was over, and I just kept rubbing her hand and saying it was okay. She could go. I'd be okay. I'd be fine when she was gone, but I was not fine. And that, that part made me cry. Yeah. Um, Beefcake was making biscuits in the air, or on Noah's chest. He's like, what's he doing? It's, like, it's called making kitty biscuits. He's like, it's called tenderizing the meat. <laughs> and I like that because my cat does that all the time. I also liked her, what she was saying when she stood up for herself at the committee meeting says in the years since I came forward with my accusation against Royce Preston, Miss Murray has found almost weekly reasons to complain about something in my cafe, the state of my landscaping out front, my cat. She even complained about how bright the string lights were around my front window. I've been patient, more patient than most people would be because I didn't think it mattered what people like her thought of me. But I realize now that it does matter. It matters because, because these attitudes like hers enable men like Royce Preston to get away with their crimes for so long. It matters because she is now trying to hurt people I care deeply about, women who have already been victimized. And if someone like Miss Murray is allowed to use the zoning laws to carry out some kind of vendetta, then the laws are meaningless. I didn't ask for any of this. I didn't invite women to come to me to share their stories or to start gathering at my cafe to find support and strength in other survivors. But it happened, and I'm so grateful for it. They have healed me, and I, and I will make it my mission to ensure these women have a safe environment I am done hoping that I can change what is in Miss Murray's heart. All right. So I'm not going to answer this one because I already know what happens next. So what do you think happens next? I think what happens next is probably the Russians book because something's going on with him and his wife for sure. Um, I believe that is the next one. Yeah, the next one is the Russian. What were your overall thoughts of the book? I mean, it's a good book. I do like this series. There were some things that I, I struggled with and that... You know, I mean, obviously there's never going to be one book that it's like, oh, every single thing in this book I was so fucking happy with, you know, life's not like that, unfortunately. So there were a lot of things that I did, like I was kind of like, eh, okay, and then I was just like, move on. But I mean, I, I liked it. I did. I absolutely loved this book. I think I gave it a four and a half out of five. This one is absolutely my favorite book in this series so far. Um, I liked the grief depictions and I really liked their relationship. I mean, there were some parts of their relationship that kind of got on my nerves, but I just overall really loved how the grief was shown. And I think that's why I love this book so much. All right, let's get into current reads. Lexi, what have you been reading and watching? So I read all three books of Sinners, Hawthorne University by Ava Ashwood. I also read Clearwater University, the complete series um, by Ava Ashwood. And then I'm going to try and lump these together because there was one of these series that just confused the fuck out of me. Um, then I read The Devil May Care by Angel Lawson and Samantha Rue. And then Ruthless Games, the complete series like um, on Kindle Unlimited by Callie Rose. 
Um, one of those series confused the motherfucking hell out of me. I was not sure how we got where we were. There were so many things where I was like, what the fuck happened by the end of the book? I was like, what what even happened in this book? Didn't skip over shit. Like I went back and reread shit. Like I just, I was so fucking confused. And I can't remember which one it was. Otherwise I'd tell you, but you know, that's where we're at. Then I read, give me more. Um, it is, I believe book three or four, book four three of salacious players club by sarah kate then uh, i read uh, lethal by cassandra robbins it is an mc one is the first one in the series oh my god um, did then you like it crazy i liked it then i read crazy stupid bromance by Alyssa k adams i do plan on reading the rest of that series at some point i don't know when but at some point i will all right so for me i finished watching stranger things and then i started the umbrella academy i believe we just started season two um, then I read Black Skies Riviera by Catherine Wilcher. Um, that one was pretty good. Uh, it's like a mafia arranged marriage. And then next I read Sleet Kitten, uh, by S.J. Tilly. It is book one of the Sleet series. Super fucking cute. I really liked it. Um, then I read Wretched by Emily McIntyre. It is book three of the Never After series. And it was so good. I fucking loved it. Then I saw a TikTok talking about the Mindfuck series, and I was missing the STAB CMOINs, so I went back and I reread, or I read one of her series, um, Wild Ones. I read all three books in that because it's an unfinished series, and those are Becoming a Vincent, Going Wild, and Wilder, and then I also read Tagged and Ashed. Um, and both of those are CM Owens, but Tagged and Ashed is Sterling Shore. I think it's book two. That one was really good. Um, then I also read Sex Magic Food by Amaya Cleveland. This one my friend gave me and it was really fucking good. I really liked it. The ending blew my fucking mind. I didn't see it coming at all. <laughs> um, then I read A Touch of Violet by Kira Roman. Um, that one, it's like a reverse harem, but she doesn't know like who she's pregnant with like who the baby daddy is anyway super fucking good um then i finished misconduct by penelope douglas and blindside by candy steiner and blindside is kind of like a football version of the deal where like they make like a pact or whatever to like get the attention of the people that they want whatever anyway it was really fucking good um all right social media if you guys would like to chat with us about today's book or any books that you want to see check out our book looks anything like that you can hit us up on our social medias uh, we've got tiktok at blues.library instagram is at blues.library and at blues.library podcast if you're just going to follow one of the instagrams go ahead and just follow the at blues.library we will be slowly phasing out the uh, blues.library podcast one so that one isn't going to be used as much in the future but you can also check out our website we are there at blues-library.com Lexi what book are we doing next week next week is actually going to be the for real this time silver flames um, we had some technical difficulties uh, our audio disappeared from the site we use so we had to get that back it was just a giant shit show so we are going to be coming back in with a court of silver flames then we'll finish up the these violent delights um, duology 
Alright guys, thank you so much for listening this week. Um, wear your seatbelt. Uh, be safe out there this week. Use condoms. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink underage. Don't do illegal drugs. The list goes on and on. Just be smart. Or at least try. <laughs>